You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Terp Talk. I am your host with the most, Sarah Tokes, a.k.a. The Terp Queen. And you already know I got my co-host, Baby Dabs, with me. Hey. And today we have a very, very special guest for you guys. You know I've been smoking on a lot of that Daniel LaRusso lately. So it only made sense to bring on Chris Ball himself. Hey, what's good? What's happening? What's happening? Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. All that Daniel LaRusso. (laughs) We're getting crane kicked to your face, so we are Gucci today. Hey. Literally, being being a kid from Reseda and seeing you come out with the Karate Kid whole line was just something I was like, I I need to go out of my way to go find this shit. I drove from L.A. to Palm Springs to go to Bear Dispensary just to go find your weed because I couldn't find it in L.A. at the time. Oh my goodness, Straight up. you are from Reseda? I did not know that. Born and that. raised in Reseda <laughs> in over at Seaside Apartments. Yeah. I flipped so many packs at that apartment. So that's why I'm like, yo. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm excited about this interview now. See, my team didn't tell me that. So I'm excited now. We got to receive Go. Yeah, so um, what, what inspired that whole LaRusso strain and getting that whole train going? You know what? That movie was um, my favorite movie as a kid. You know, I grew up in the 80s and I used to watch that movie over and over and over again. That movie and The Last Dragon. Obviously, I was a young kid just obsessed with karate and and breakdancing, you know, when I was little. (laughs) Um, Daniel was definitely, you know, that was my guy. You know, that was my guy. He was the underdog. He, you know, he came out on top, you know, wind up getting alley had a best friend in Mr. Miyagi. So I don't know, I, I don't know, I, just, I guess just as a kid, it just stuck with me. You know, I still watch it to this day. So when it came time to name my strains, I was like, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to come out and name my strains, the typical food, ice cream, you know, nothing wrong with those, but I just kind of um, wanted to go against the grain and do something different. So I was like, you know, who could I, what could I name my strain? And I'm such a movie buff. I watch, you know, tons and tons of movies. I was like, let me go movie characters. Who should I start it with? And it was like, Hey, Daniel LaRusso, man. Like, at first I was going to call it Daniel Son. Oh, so you shut up. Get it? Yeah. Like, Daniel Son. Then my homeboy was like, nah. He's like, that's too easy. He's like, you need to, you should do Daniel LaRusso. And for the ones that know. Then you know, huh? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, for the ones that don't know, once they figure it out, they'll be like, damn. He's like, you be teaching them something. Yeah. I was like, that's what's up. Let's do that. So oh, that's, that's dope. That's where Daniel LaRusso came from. That's, That's great. Dope. What is it? What's the cross? That's they have beautiful, yeah. beautiful nugs, I've by never, the way. I've never, people have asked me this for, you don't know? for like two years, and I never tell them just because <laughs> I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one of them, right? I'll tell you one of the crosses. One of the crosses is a, a GMO. And yep. a lot of people have figured that out. But I will never tell what the other one is simply because being a traditional market guy and coming from this space. I, I was in the I was in the era where Blue Dream used to be the shit, and then Blue Dream became sh- dog shit, right? No, you couldn't sell it to save your life, and so I understand that in the space, the consumer is a little it's a mind game with them, mm. you know. So it's just like at, at at one point, Purple Punch was was some of the most fire exotic weed on the, on the planet, and then it just got played out, right? Exotic. <laughs> Right. That no, it was like, no, no, don't give me no purple punch. So I'm like, you know what? 
I'm not going to tell you what my strain is because the mental capacity of a true, true cannabis head and how the game works, as soon as something gets played out, they don't want to fuck with it no more, right? So if I tell you, oh, it's crossed with this, and then that strain is no more, nobody's fucking with that strain anymore, well, now you don't want my strain. So I'm not telling you, it's just fire. So right, it's crossed with the strain that nobody fucks with no more. That nobody fucks with no more, but you will never know. It, it yeah. don't even matter because it's fire. Because <laughs> you just don't want to smoke the shit no more. Not because it's crossed with this. All right. Period. Absolutely. I know. As soon as I popped open that jar, I was like, "It's GMO and something. GMO is my go-to." So that's why I'm like, "GMO and something." So you good? You yeah. Go. That's all you need to know. Huh? You don't know. <laughs> You know the vibes. I know that's right. I'm tell you one day, if I meet, if I see you in Reseda somewhere, you know what I'm saying, and we butt bump heads, I'm come through you. the Seaside Apartments. I got you. Right, right. Campbell is Satakoy. It's still there. It looks the same. I have you sign an NDA. Give me your word, and then I'll tell you. You know what I mean. Say no mas. Let me sign off real quick, and I'll send that shit to you. Like, your girl's genuinely curious. Um, so. Let's let's just break straight up into our topic. Um, I know we're we're just gonna get down and down and dirty and in the let's gritty. Get let's, um, get let's get to it. Let's get to it. How do you feel about the uh, the recent House vote to decriminalize cannabis? What do you think that's gonna do to the market? Um, first of all, love it. Right, I think it should have been decriminalized. I should a long time ago. I don't think it ever should have been considered a Schedule One drug. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. 100. Absolutely. Um, a lot of lives, you know, been affected by that. A lot of, a lot of families been disenfranchised by that. So, um, kudos to that, you know, kudos to, to, to the departments or the heads or whoever decided let's decriminalize this thing. Do I think it's going to affect the black market in any way? Absolutely not. I don't think, um, decriminalizing it is good in, for the sake of, you know, some of these guys out here in the trap, you know, can no longer be ripped you know, off of the street and thrown into a cage and, you know, be broken up from their families over this thing, you know, decriminalize it, give, you know, pay a fine. It's a misdemeanor or whatever, and then get back to doing what you're doing. But do I think that decriminalizing it will affect the black market? And no. And the reason for that is, is that being a guy who built, you know, my entire business and empire off of, off of the, uh, the traditional market or the black market, um, I just been guys like me have just been doing it way too long, right? I know I got big homies that have been trapping weed, you know, for the past 30 years. You know, they yeah. take care of whole cities. They take care of their 20 families, you know, from guys that work in their organization to, you know, to their kids and everybody's eating off of this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So even though you decriminalize it, you know, the dispensaries would have to be able to sell, you know, Joe that's running the whole south side of the hood, you know, you gotta be able to sell Joe 200 pounds at a time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he can continue to feed the families and continue to feed his soldiers. So, you know, in that regard, it's never, you, it, it's not gonna go away. You know what I'm saying? But I do think, you know, um, if they do, you know, make some changes with the taxes, you know, if they make some changes with uh, a few other things that you could possibly, you know, get more guys to kind of come into the legal market instead of, you know, running running business in the in the traditional market, but you got to definitely make some changes to entice those individuals to even want to come to this market. Because guys like me, I'm getting my ass handed to me in taxes. Yeah, you know right. It happens that 
I have a brand that's popping. And because my brand is popping, that's what's saving me. You know, that's what's allowing me to employ my mom, I mean, to employ my brother, to employ my sister, to employ my cousin, to employ friends and family who I've known over the years who, you know, who maybe got furloughed or don't have a job, especially it, uh, it, with the state right. of the country. Right. COVID so, you know, but unless they make some serious, serious changes and talk to more guys like myself to figure out what changes they need to make, black market's not going nowhere. The black market's never going to go anywhere. It's only going to get stronger over time, you know. That's what they're doing. So what are these changes that you think should be made? I mean, for one, you know, there needs to be more access, right? So, I mean, they can't, LA, I think LA did something like 300 licenses, right? I mean, how many people in that? How many people in, in Los Angeles? <laughs> right. A million? Some shit like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got 300, 300 people who hit the lottery and was able to get this license. So, you know, yep. their lives could possibly be changed. But, you know, why? And 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 the taxes. Right. So if an eighth is going for, you know, my eighth sale for fifty dollars, you know, out the door, sometimes sixty five, some dispensary seventy five. Well, if Julio could give you the same eighth down the street for thirty five, what's going to entice you to come into the dispensary and buy it from here? Absolutely. You know? These guys, somebody, you know, the cannabis culture and 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 um, the industry and the people who are smoking have been smoking for a while. Now you you'll get the soccer mom. The soccer mom, she don't want to go. She don't want to call Julio. She don't know right. Julio. <laughs> <laughs> she like, wants a storefront. She wants to be able to walk in and right. She want a receipt. She want to go. She want a receipt. She want all of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, you'll get that. You know, m- middle America when it does. Get, get across, you know, the, uh, the the entire country, yeah, you'll get that. But for the people who have been in this space and been smoking weed for the past 10, 15, 20 years, come on now. It's not even, it ain't even, it's not even close. Right. You know, the reason, the only reason why I think my brand and certain brands like Cookies and some of these other big brands are are, are cracking is because they know we come from the space. They know right, these, right. Were, these guys were pioneers in the black market. So I used to buy my weed from them. It's exactly It's a culture I, thing, uh, not... Not a corporate thing. (laughs) I'm telling my story and cats is hitting me all the time. Oh my God, bro. I didn't know you caught an indictment. I didn't know you got, I didn't know you was in federal prison. I didn't know you was moving that much weed. Oh, you are, you really about this life. Yeah. Yeah, I am. You know what I mean? So when it comes time for me to make that transition, I know what you want to smoke. I know what that pack is supposed to look like. I know what, I know what the weed's supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to smell (laughs) like. All of that, you know, so you can trust me because I'm from here. But for for some most of these other brands, the trust factor is not there. And then when they do take a step out of faith and go to the shop and buy something, the weed is trash. Okay, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate because a lot of the times when you get your weed or whatever product you're buying, most of the times it's about three to six months old. Three months is a fresh is a fresh batch. Like, and like you're saying, like the plug, the plug would never, they would, (laughs) they would never. Let you know, I just got, I just pull up. Exactly. And like, we need to wait three months to smoke on something. And like, most of the time, like people don't even put the Bovida pouch. I know that y'all put that, you need to put the humidity pouch, but a lot of people don't. So when you get it and you break it up, I'm a blunt person. I break it up. It turns to dust, literal dust. we've We've been completely guilty of it. And, you know, I've had to do certain things, you know, to make that up to my consumers. And it's because once it leaves my hands, you know, I have no control over how long the dispensary puts it in a room that's not cooled properly or is not in the right conditions or got light penetrating my jar. 
I'm not in control of that at that point, you know, or they got to buy 50 units and then they got six stores and then this one was sitting in a car overnight or for a couple of days, these jars, I'm, we're not in control of that part. So, you know, even with, with DCR and how the regulations are, you know, um, in the space right now, because it's still so immature and it's a moving target, right? They still haven't figured all that out. So us as, as cultivators and, and brand owners, we have to be ahead of them. You know, I'm, I'm right. now going, I didn't want to use Mylar bags because I was trying to be environmentally conscious, right? I didn't want to use plastic. I didn't want to use these bags. I wanted to use jars, the weed cures in the jars. But now I'm starting to find, find out like, damn, I may have to go that direction because some of my customers are getting are getting weed and it's breaking up and turning into powder on them. And then I got to, you know, make sure that they get a fresh new jar. I got to send them back to the dispensary and handle that, right? But I know I when I gave it to the shop, it wasn't like that. Right. Yeah. It was you know, or if my weed gets caught up in testing for two weeks because the lab, something happened with the damn lab. So now my, my product is just sitting over there for two weeks, right. not air cooled, not back, back sealed, nothing, yep. just waiting, you know? So there's still, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that was interesting. Yeah. And it's, um, it's just crazy because a lot of the times consumers don't, they don't know this. They don't understand the whole process of, Okay, here's here's the flower. Now it's getting bucked, trim, packaged, testing. Da da da. They don't understand the whole process. They just think, okay, cool. Ball Family Farms is responsible for X Y Z situation, you know. Yeah. And there there needs to be like some way to like educate the consumer and let them know the whole like supply chain. Right. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, so it's still so new that no, the customer doesn't know. All they know is look, I'm looking for some fire and. I didn't get that because it, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Get those DMs, you know, it breaks my heart. I answer every single one of them. You know, I can't have a social media team that when I, I, they have specific instructions. When you get this, you escalate this directly to me. You know what I'm saying? And I go and I directly answer my consumer because I feel some type of way about that. And I make sure that they're taken care of. Whether they, I go let them get a new jar. I put a t-shirt in there. I put a mask in there. I put something, I write a note. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. You know, I appreciate you. Sorry that this happened. It won't happen again. So that's just more motive. That was just more motivation for me to be vertically integrated. Right. That's why I went after cultivation, manufacturing, distro, and I'm I'm about to have my non-storefront retail. So you're going to have an app. You just hit my app and I'm going to pull up on you. Somebody. I know that's right. It will be fresh. I'm excited. See, That's awesome. And I love that you are so like, um, customer like based and you you want you want to have that connection you know and it's a part of the culture it's a part of where you came from it's a part of how you got here you know and um a lot of these corporate companies just they don't have that you know it's about look i'm just trying to sell this weed because it's legal now and you know we want to make some money and nah and they don't understand right right I'm built this way because it came from years of me trapping packs in a room directly <laughs> my client. Right. Right. Yeah. right. I'm fucked up. I'm going to have to deal with them. Right. <laughs> and not over no DM and like, <laughs> you know, like nigga pulling up not like, over the counter. Oh, this, this is not right. Like right. I have to deal with that. So I'm just bringing them same principles into this market. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm bringing them same principles to this market. I'm letting everybody who fucks with my company and I'm going, look, I'm here. If there's a problem, you let me know and I'm going to fix that. Because where I come from, you die for less. You yep. die, right. You die for <laughs> right. Where I come from. Right. But I just feel like it's also, 
you know, um, it's just more close-knit. It's it's almost like a family kind of vibe, you know? Like, you get that that warm feeling when somebody answers your DM and, like, tells you, you know what, really apologizing. You know what, let me make that up to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even when I reached out to, to the team, because you guys reposted me immediately when I posted the LaRusso, I said, I want, I want you guys on my show. Immediately, I got the contact information. They said, we'd love to come on. I was like, wait, what? That was, that was so easy, you know? Well, and folks over here. We real folks over here. And that, yeah, you know, that's awesome. That leadership starts with me, you know, and I make sure that I'm constantly driving that culture, you know, down my employees' throats, you know, because let's, let's face it, you know, not everyone in my company is from the culture, you know? Right. I try to hire as many from the culture as I can. You know, but just, you know, I'm, my company's growing so fast that sometimes I need people who have different type of skills, skills that they didn't develop in the culture. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I go get those people. Then it's like, OK, I need you for this, but I, let me let you know who you work for. And let me let you know what our number one, you know, what our mantra is, what our number one thing is. We are from the ground up. We are here for our people mm. and for our followers and our consumers, period, point blank. I love they, that. They come first, then me, not me. And all this, and then no, them, then me, then everything else. Mm. I love so, it. I love it. Yes, that, that, that's definitely what's what's setting us apart. You know, people ask, you know, how did you do it? What's so special about you? I'm, I'm just being authentic. Right, I'm, right. Ten thousands of me, you just ain't hired them. Yeah, <laughs> they're in prison somewhere, or they got a felony for this shit. So you think they're not? They're not capable. You need to go talk to them because right. those are the people that's gonna lead you to the promised land. Guys like myself. Exactly. Yes, and yes. you shouldn't you shouldn't base somebody off their resume in this industry straight up. No, she's not in this one. Like right. Because <laughs> at man. the end of the day, <laughs> we may be compliant. Like, yes, the cannabis industry is compliant, but a lot of people aren't doing shit by the books. This is still the gray area, the gray market. Right. Anyway, it's cannabis. Yeah, and it will be until it's all figured out. How long was how long was alcohol and prohibition in the gray? Exactly. Right. Took seen, the words right out my mouth. Selling it, but you know, cats were still trucking it from state to state, selling yep. it behind clubs, right? So, I mean, we just, you know, in due time, in due time. Right, right. Wow. That's so crazy. Yep, so God, come on, give me. <laughs> hey. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Look at here. You want us to be authentic much, too? Because, yeah, um. You're too much thought. Come on. <laughs> I need a little thought. I mean, that was like really awesome, though. Yeah, I had to like. Take that in. I know, I'm like, shit, I appreciate I that. Right, let me slow down then. Let, let me let you take that in. You right. You right. Yeah, no, I can really, really appreciate that. Um, I also, well, I have a gray market company myself, um, Dewdrop Delights. And so, like, we were good before the pandemic because we, you know, there was a lot of pop-up events and stuff like that. Um, do you have, like, any kind of advice or? Um, for your brand? Mm -hmm. For like, for so what kind of advice, like for your brand to not for my brand, <laughs> for my uh, yes, for my brand to grow and not be in the gray, and you know, I mean, a lot of it is a money game. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, huge, of course. not a lot. Are you? Uh, do you have a license? No. Okay, so here's what you would have to do then: if you don't have a license and you don't may not have all the finances. What you would want to do is you'd want to partner up with someone who does have a license, right? So let's take, let's say if it was all family farms, right? 
you would reach out and you would say, hey, Chris, you know, I have do, do drop delights. This is not, you know, um, a legal company. I don't have a license, but I would like to try to get myself there. I think now before last year, we couldn't, we weren't able to partner or collab with anyone who didn't also have a license. But I think that rule got changed uh, this past year. You know what I'm saying? Because they're still trying, the city and the state are still trying to entice these legacy market guys to come to the forefront, you know, and try mm. to get legal. So I think we are able to do that now. So it would be one of them conversations where it'd be like, okay, bet you got do drop delights. Why don't we try to do some sort of ball family farms times do drop delight collab, right? right. Um, and then at, based off of the, the success off of that collab, then now, you know, maybe you could piggyback my name the way I piggybacked Viola's name. You see what I'm saying? Got it, that yeah. collaboration that I did with Al really, you know, shot me into another into another atmosphere because his platform was so huge, right? He was the biggest black face in the game. Yeah, right. Know, at the time. So, and I was aware of that. I knew that, you know, I studied that. I was like, if I can get Ball Family Farms on the same jar with Viola, well, now I'm going to get all of his eyes. It's the same thing they do in the music business, right? You got a big artist. I'm gonna go open up. The artist brings Drake brings the weekend on tour and lets him open up. And, and now boom. we can all right. Drake. Right? <laughs> right. Same thing in this game. It works the exact same way. But the most important thing is is the product, right? Just right. like in any other in any other arena. If the weekend was trash, he would have opened up for Drake and would have never went anywhere. Right, right, for sure. If the product, if Dewdrop Delight's product is bomb and there's some way that we can Which it use. Is. <laughs> Super fire. I, I believe it. They smack. So, um, all you need is that little push. All you need is that little cosign. And then at that point, you know, if it really popped off, then Ball Family Farms could be like, look, let's work a deal. Let's do a JV. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring Dewdrop's in, Dewdrop Delight's in. That's going to be a new brand off of Ball Family Farms. And we're going to chop some bread together. You with it? Sure or no. And then that would be that would be my advice at this point. If you um, don't have your own license and you don't have a bread, you got to link with someone who does and got some finances to help you. OK, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that advice. Yeah, this is a really cool conversation. I just want you to know, like, um, I wasn't scared. I was a little intimidated. <laughs> but um, yeah, because you got you kind of look intimidating, but yeah, you're not, though. You cool. I'm cool. You cool. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I know my. I mean, all I could do is go off of what I see, and I was like, mm, okay, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, but tell me, like, where, like, is it my pictures? Like, what looks intimidating? You, it it's you. Like, no, oh. even like right now, not right now, because you're smiling, but like right. you have this like. Not a scowl, but just like your eyebrows are kind of like, yeah. And I, I think like, it's because okay, he has but the hat on. The, no, in all the pictures, <laughs> I'm going, oh god, okay, what's this gonna that's be like? Cool. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's that's a gift and a curse, you know. That yeah, one, I feel you because I have gift. the same one. People, you yeah. guys look so mean, but I'm really the sweetest yeah, thing. Really nice. So you think? In my, in my street business, you know, Cap was probably like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with him. That dude look mean. That dude, <laughs> <laughs> Right. But cross him. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm really a softie. I'm a I'm a I'm a sheep's and wolves clothing, I guess. Uh, I try to keep smiling. I try to smile because when I smile, it light it lightens up a little bit. It does, it does. That's why I'm like, okay, okay, not yeah. <laughs> Your eyebrows go up. Hey, we appreciate well, thank that. You. Yes, thank you. 
Um, how did how did you get started with the whole Ball Family Farms? Can we hear a little bit about your story? I'm sure you've told it a million times. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so you want the version you want? You want? Like, I want your version. I the want real your version. version. I don't want the corporate version. <laughs> I want to hear right. it from Chris Ball on how Ball Family right. Farms got Th- started. That part, please. All right. So, um, so I got into cannabis. I, I got introduced to cannabis when I was about ten. Right. And it was the funny smelling cigarettes my dad smoked after dinner. Right. You know, go, go after we eat, he rolled to the couch, pull out this tray from underneath the couch. Yep. He rolled up his cigarette and it smelled different than my mom. My mom smoked regular cigarettes, right? So I understood that smell. I hated that smell. But dad's cigarette smelled different and I liked the way dad's cigarette smelled, right? So that was like my first, you know, introduction. And then I would notice this same cigarette at you know, family barbecues, you know, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, grandma was smoking it, cousin was smoking it, aunts and uncles were smoking it. So I'm like, okay. So it, you know, it quickly became apparent that this was something else. And, um, you know, being a kid growing up in the 80s, I grew up around in the Ronald Reagan campaign where it was a just say no to drugs. So as a kid, it kind of got confusing because I would leave home and I would see just say no to drugs and I'd see dad's funny smelling cigarette, you know, in pictures with a red circle and a line through it. And then I would get home and I would see dad smoking and all the people I loved and admired in my family were partaking, you know, smoking the cigarette. So for me, um, it was a little bit confusing, but I tended, I veered towards my family, you know, so culturally and ethically, and morally, I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with it. I didn't, you know, I didn't, it, it didn't seem to be as bad as the TV was making it. You know, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> Absolutely. All that crazy shit. So, you know, fast forward to when I turned 16, uh, my cousin Earl was the neighborhood weed guy, you know, and this is, you know, he's a junior in high school, but he was, you know, selling weed to everybody in the neighborhood. And cousin oh, Earl was super fresh, you know, cousin Earl had Jordan all the time. <laughs> Cousin Earl had a gold chain, ice white t-shirts. So I was like, shit, I, I, I want new Jordans. You know what I'm saying? I want a ice, I want ice white t-shirts. I want a chain. So I was like, cuz, you know, hook me up with an ounce and show me how to get down. So he did. And, um, but I was terrible. You know, I got my first ounce. I probably sold like half of it. I didn't really know how to bag it, weigh it. I kind of gave some of the shit away. I was like, maybe this ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? I was heavily into sports um, when I was in high school. So I was like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just concentrate on football. Uh, the drug game ain't for me. Uh, so once once I got out of high school, um, I didn't get a scholarship right away. And my mom was like, I can't send you to college. You know, so if you want to, you know, make something of yourself, you got to get a job or you got to go to community college. But we can't afford to send you. We can't pay. So I was like, OK, bet. So I moved out and then um, I enrolled in a junior college called Mount Sac Junior College in Walnut. Called Cousin Earl back. And I was like, yo, let's run that back. I need another one. But this time, you know, it was two years later. I was a little bit more mature and the stakes were higher. I understood that, you know, if I didn't make this work, I was going to have to go get a regular ass job. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere, you know, cleaning tables or doing some shit. So um, he hooked me up again. And this time I made it work, you know. So all through junior college, I sold weed out of my backpack. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I paid my tuition. That's how I, you know, put gas in my little car. That's how I fed myself, you know, kept clean shoes on my feet, pay for my books and what have you. Um, until I got my scholarship, I got a football scholarship to go play ball at Berkeley. So oh, that's what's up. Once, I got, once I got my scholarly, I was like, okay, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to college two years. I'm going to get to the NFL. I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to live happily ever after. You know what I'm saying? I was the first kid in my family to go to college 
You know what I'm saying? That's why I went to Berkeley. Mom was all, you know, gung-ho about me going to Berkeley and shit because I'm, you know, first kid to, to leave and go to school. So I got to Berkeley, played my two years, never touched it again, never fucked with it again, just was on the straight path. You know what I'm saying? I was straight path to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, wind up, you know, going to, to the Niners as a free agent, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just had, I was still very immature. I got into some shit in, in college, you know, you know, you athletes, you think your shit don't stink. Just, <laughs> all that, right? Right. Wind up going in, going in with the Niners for a little bit, they cut me. So then I went over to NFL Europe, Played in Berlin, hmm. Germany for a year, came back and signed a three-year deal in Canada. Now, once I got to Canada, this is where the shit got lit because <laughs> I, I landed over in uh, British Columbia in Vancouver. And Vancouver's the hub, right? It's they like got the bomb weed. <laughs> BC has bomb-ass bud. That's where all the BC weed was, right? So one of my one of my team, one of my Canadian teammates had a grow. And uh this was, this was the first time I seen the shit from like seed to harvest. Remember before I was a middleman. So I would only right. get my weed from Cousin Earl. You know what I'm saying? I never knew where the shit was coming from. He getting it from, from Felipe. It's coming to me and we just trapping. Now I see the shit from clone all the way up until we harvest. And I was basically hooked. I was like, yo, this shit is incredible. Wow. And plus the weed over there was so damn cheap. Like I was getting pounds over there for $800 and I was selling them in LA for 3,500. Wow. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna just walk away real quick. Like crazy, right? So what we would do B-R-B. is in the off season, right? We had we had uh, Canadian um, credentials because we played pro football over there. So what we would do is in the off season, we would load up, you know, it'd be like two or three of my boys. We load up each 20 pounds each, you know, put it in our cars, put it in the tires of the car, all through the fucking oh, car. Shit. Hit the border, <laughs> right? We hit the border and show our, our um, football credentials. So the border is like, oh, they football They're players. stars, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they live over there in Cali, right? So this is how we hop in the fucking border, right? So we hop in the border, 50 pounds. Now, this is the story I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, we, we drive the shit 16 hours down to L.A., sell the shit, cash out, boom, we go back up to Canada. We did this shit for like two years straight. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And I became popular as hell in L.A. because I started to be known as the football player who had the, had the B.C. weed for the low. I was undercutting the market because I was getting it so cheap up there, right? Damn, I did that. I did. I ran that play for two years over there, and then another two years until I finally attracted the attention of the federal government. I got so big, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was like, "Oh no, this guy!" <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So I caught my indictment in 2010. I was looking at a 10-year mandatory minimum on the case. They threw the Oof. RICO Act. Um, I played out for three years for 30 months. You know, did my pay my debt to society. Got out of jail and had to go get a fucking job in the mall. I, I literally yeah. had to go work at Abercrombie at Fitch at 32 years old. It was the most embarrassing shit of my life, right? And I came, now mind you, before I leave, I'm this heavy drug dealer, <laughs> all ass drug dealer in LA, come out of jail with nothing. Feds, when they come, they, they take everything. Yeah, they sure do. I, um, I worked at Abercrombie for a year and then I got recruited to go work at Nike. And so Nike brought me on and had me run the NFL department for them out of Vegas. Wow. So I moved to Las Vegas. <laughs> and when I was in Las Vegas, I just, I was just, I was happy at first, but then I was just fucking miserable. Like working in retail and working for somebody just wasn't for me. And if I couldn't make it happen with Nike, 
which is like one of the biggest companies in the world, one of my favorite. Right, I'm sure. All I'm doing is talking fucking football all day. I'm wearing shorts to work every day. I was like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm I'm my own entrepreneur. Mm. And weed just kept calling me back for some reason. I don't know why. My family was like, don't you. My The judge <laughs> told me if I came back to jail, all right, if I got in any more trouble regarding cannabis, he was going to put me in jail for 10 years. No questions asked. Like, you're going to you're going to jail for 10 years. And what wow. did I do? My ass came back. I, I left Nike, came back to L.A. and bought a 14 light grow, an illegal 14 light grow. You said fuck it, huh? <laughs> I'm going with my passion, damn it. This I gotta go where my heart is. Right, right, for sure. I I got that grow in 2014, right? And I just I I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna learn how to do this. I had all that knowledge from my boy up in Canada, but I burnt up plants for like a good two years. I was fucking terrible, right? (laughs) Started trapping again on the side, so the trap money was able to pay the bills. Right, Right. I finally got good in like 2015, 16, right? So now I'm able to serve the Prop D shops. Now, mind you, all the cats running the Prop D shops are all my boys because we all grew up trapping together in LA. <laughs> yeah. Weed shops, right? So I'm pulling up, show, you know, showing them work. They buying work for me. So this time I'm keeping the lights on. Finally, in 2018, somebody told me about the social equity program. I was like, what? What's that? They was like, oh, it's this new program LA adopted. They give guys like you who have felonies or drug convictions, they're gonna give them a license. I was like, bullshit, there's no way that's <laughs> that's not true. So sure enough, I went down to city hall, sat in on a couple of meetings and found out it was true. So I was like, fuck this, let me fill out the application. Filled out the application and sure enough, they granted me the license, Ball Family Farms was born. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. <That's- laughs> I'm like, I got goosebumps. Wait, don't expect me to talk. Give me a second. I'll let you take that in. (laughs) Thank you. I'm like, wow. Wow. So it's just, cannabis has just always been a part of your life. It's always... And, you know, listening to you tell that story, I mean, it just took me back, you know? I mean, I have a similar, like, upbringing, you know, and I didn't. What I didn't know was, I mean, my dad was in the back growing, but <laughs> all that that cigarette smells different. And why did they roll those, but buy those, and you know, all those same things? Yeah. So I mean, you know, that that touched me because that's just where I come from too. You know, same thing. And it it just stuck with you. It was like you were born for this. I was. Yeah. I, I feel you. Oh, y'all are tripped the fuck out. I don't smoke. Wait, okay, what? now I now Wait. I'm really I might some we got a bad no. connection. What did you say? <laughs> I'm like I gotta go, guys. <laughs> you don't. Every time people hear this shit, they're like, "What? What do you mean?" <sighs> I've studied this. I've studied weed for so long that I can tell you everything there is to know about weed just because of my passion for wanting to have the most fire pack in the room. Wow. Uh, smoke have you ever? <laughs> have you yeah. ever smoked? Then why don't you smoke anymore? It just doesn't do anything for me. Like, what do you mean it doesn't do anything for you? Did, oh wow, you don't you, so you don't do rosin. What? You just oh my, I'm I'm triggered. You don't even smoke your right own now. shit. Your you, own fire shit that you've been. Tried. I've tried it. I've tried my <laughs> shit. That's it. Say that's that. it. It's, oh, I've that's tried it. it. The month, the one, one of my strains I can like smoke and not like freak the fuck out is uh my bonsai. My the bonsai sativa. is so oh, fucking yeah. fire! Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! I, I get, I start, la- I understand what it means. Like, to be hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> all the other, all, everything else, Larusso, Shonuff, all them other ones. No, 
Nope. Really? I'm like, give me an IV. Get this shit out of me. Just, <laughs> you get like know, anxiety or? Especially if I eat a fucking edible. If I eat oh, edible. No, oh, no, 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 no. See. So you can't dab then? No. No, uh -huh. see, I can dab, but edibles, and that's the thing, people, when people hear that because I have an edibles company, you don't even eat your own shit? Hell no, I don't fuck with no fucking oh, edibles, nigga. Uh, oh. I'll be out for six hours, or six hours later, it hits you, and you're like, where the fuck am I? What am I doing? Happens every nah. time. Every time. My mama has rheumatoid arthritis, right? She used to get, uh, she used to be on these opioids for her rheumatoid arthritis. So I used to give my mom these edibles that I would buy from one of my boys. My mother's 63 years old, right? She stopped smoking cigarettes fucking 30 years ago, right? Never smoked weed, none of that. My mom drank Moscato and that's it, right? <laughs> I gave this woman this ring. She actually accidentally ate the fucking edible ring one time in my house, thinking it was candy, right? <laughs> to be in the oh, middle of candy. her rheumatoid arthritis attacks, right? She look up and she like, like an hour later, she's like, oh my God, my hands, like I don't have no more pain in my hands. And she started like kind of moving around and shit. I'm like, mom, what you eat? What did, What do you mean? And she's like, yeah, ever since I ate that that candy over there, like my, my hands have just been feeling good. Like they're warm, they're not aching. So I looked and I'm like, mom, that was an edible. You just ate a weed ring. Right? <laughs> she's like, oh, well, I like these. These are great, right? So I start, I got her off of the, the opioids yeah. with the edibles, right? So one day I tried the shit. I'm like, my mom don't do nothing. Like this woman, she, my, I'm like, maybe I'm just been eating the wrong shit. Maybe the ones I tried were wrong. Let me try one that I give my mom. I took a bite. My mom eats the whole thing. She'll eat like two of them. I took a bite of it, just being cautious. Man, I woke up like an hour and a half later and was fucking tripping. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, yo, no, heart beating fast, can't taste nothing, you know, am I breathing? Am I breathing? Right, right, nah. <laughs> Man, I can't do it. I can't do, do it. I have to have, like, nothing to do. Or, like, if I'm definitely sick, I will eat an edible so I can, like, knock out or something like that. But to just go, oh, yeah, fuck that, let's just eat this edible. No. No, no, no. I'm good. There's some edibles that I'll eat. There's some rosin chocolates that are pretty fire. Anything rosin infused, but maybe with the edibles, the way that you react is most of the time they're distillate based. You know, yeah, no, I can't do it. And I, that's, I try a dab though. I do want to want to try dab. I'm, you should come, come, you need to come through with some rosin. Oh, so I was just about to tell you. We're about to drop. We're 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 building our solventless manufacturing. Hey. Oh my gosh. Um, we all. Also do uh, testing on the side, sampling. Okay. So if you me. need, <laughs> if you we'll need, <laughs> we'll get that info after the show. They okay. call me Turk Queen for a reason. Okay, and you baby know? dabs because I take a little baby dab, but I do dab. <laughs> but you know, um, it's funny because. It's so crazy. That same story that you have about your mom is why mm -hmm. I started Do Drop Delights. Um, yeah, like I was making, I make granola bars. Um, that's that's my main, um, yeah. And so like she, my mom had frozen shoulders. She couldn't comb her hair. Um, like just horrible arthritis um, using a walker and she was 60 years old and I'm like dude you need something like the the doctors are not doing anything for you you need something I said you need to eat this eat this she ate it she called me she said she felt like 
there was this huge weight that had been lifted off of her and she just like sank into the chair and like relaxed. She was like, Olivia, I felt so good. I said, exactly, dude. This is medicine right here. That's right. what you need. Fuck all the rest of this shit because they don't know what they're talking about. You need this. This natural shit I'm making in my kitchen for you. And that's why my and grandpa... that's how we got started. Right? That's why my grandpa doesn't leave the house without his vape pen anymore. <laughs> all he smokes is live resin. Like, straight up. Damn, grandpa bougie as hell. <laughs> grandpa stays smoking those live resin cards. He'll come and tell me, he's like, I need another cartridge. This thick Israeli accent. <laughs> I love I love hearing stories like this. I mean, these are the stories. This is why I'm in the game. You know, this is why I'm here. You know, there's been, you know, I, you know, people have asked me, you know, because none of my brand is getting, you know, so much recognition and my social equity story is, you know, obviously it's, it's a cool story and shit. And people ask me like, you know, what's your exit plan, Chris? What's the exit strategy? And at first, you know, when I first got into it, I was like, you know, I would love to, you know, you know, create some generational wealth and maybe one day sell my company for $100 million and, you know, sell out to William Morris or whoever. But then it's like now when I hear stories like that and when I tell my story, it's like, what happens when a guy like me, you know, leaves the space? You know, what happens if I do? Yeah, absolutely. 100 million, 200 million and leave it to these culture vulture ass. Absolutely. Damn about the culture and just want to just want to monetize off of our culture. Yeah, they want to. It dies. They want to turn our beloved cannabis industry into, you know, some sort of commodity based business and shit. And it's just like, man, what happens to what happens to a grandma, you know, 20 years from now? who actually really needs the correct medicine to get right. rid of something. So, you know, it's it's really, you know, things that have happened to me now has really kind of changed my outlook. You know, I, I don't want to leave a space. You know, I'm fine. I don't need $200 million. I'm fine. My family's okay. You know. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to be here for the culture and for the long haul and for the true people who need this <sighs> medicine in the space. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's what this what whole it- thing should be about. That's really what it should be about. And it's it's just so heartwarming to hear this kind of stuff from somebody who is so big, you know? Um, yes, just thank you for that, for sure. Like, I think that's why we're all in the industry is for the love of the weed and just to free the weed, to be honest. You know what? You can't be in this space if you don't love it. I just know? had this right. conversation today with somebody. You can't be in this space if you have no attachment or appreciation for the plant. Right. Yeah, especially with everything we have to go through right now. I mean, even growers, like, I'm getting, they're taxing the shit out of me right now. Yep. You know, it's insane. I mean, my brother just went uh, for for uh, last quarter. I think we, ha- we had to pay like 300 and some thousand dollars in taxes just in one fucking quarter. Just in wow. taxes? Wow. Just in 300 and like 70 some thousand dollars in taxes. Shut oh, like, my God. So like, in order to, to, to fucking be here, in order to deal with all the... <laughs> compliance hoops we got to deal with with dcr and the fire department and the fucking city and in order to you know they make everything so difficult for us with the testing labs i mean fucking cannabis has to is more uh uh scrutinized and looked at than our than the food in the grocery stores like the, right. the you will fail a test with one <laughs> microbial of some shit on, on your on your on your flower right so it's like in order for you to even stomach all of that shit and keep and still have energy to get up and do it every day you gotta love it yep <laughs> you gotta <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah Otherwise, like, fuck this, this is right fuck this industry this is bullshit right no but see 
Loki, we need more people to say, fuck this industry, this is bullshit, so the real ones can continue to fucking pave the way and do what we're doing. Because right. so many people are coming and buying our culture and taking away our intellectual property, like, straight up. Like it's, Absolutely. You know, and you're right. You're absolutely right. But you know what? They're going to fail. They're not going to... See, where they got it, this is where they got it fucked up. You can't be... Yeah. You can't fake it here. Mm-hmm. You can come in with all this money. You could come in with all this pretty packaging. You could come in with the best business plan. You can come in with the fake clout, the fake followers. We see you. All of that. (laughs) All of that shit. But what it's going to boil down to is what's in that fucking jar or what's in that bag or what's in that live resin cart. And if that shit, the more this industry matures, the more the consumer starts to mature, right? See, a lot of the consumers before they come from the black, we come from the traditional market. So the soccer moms and all these other motherfuckers, they weren't really in it with, with right. us. Yeah. Right. So they don't know the difference. It's like when you don't know the difference, back in the day when, when Prohibition at first started, right? There was no Patron and fucking Don Julio. There was just tequila. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no difference. But now as our as our industry in this business starts to mature the consumers are starting to mature with us and they're starting to be able to know, ooh, I hit that shit and that was harsh. Yep. Oh, it gave me anxiety. And then they hit something else and they go, ooh, that shit tastes good. It was smooth. I feel good. I'm not all, I don't feel all weird and shit. So those brands, those companies that are mass producing and commercially producing cannabis with all this fucking big money, nobody's going to, the consumer's going to stop buying that shit and they're not going to be able to survive. Right. And guys like Ball Family Farms and some of these other, some of these other bomb ass brands who actually give a shit about what's in them jars and give a shit about our genetics and our strains and how it tastes and how it makes you feel. Right. We'll just go like this. It'll just start to go like this. And in five years, hopefully all these fake ass motherfuckers won't be here. Because you can't be disingenuous. You can't not have that. It it shows in your product. Yeah. It shows in, Right. Right. It shows in everything. And sometimes it's not even necessarily just the product. It's it's who you are, what your company represents, too. You know what I mean? I'd rather fuck with somebody who I know, you know, uh, is really genuine and has a decent product than to go spend money with a motherfucker who don't give a shit about me or what I got going on, but got some fire ass weed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just the truth. I deal with them all the time. Yeah, there's that. The they want to partner with the with the popular blackface all the time. And yep. I'm like, nah, because it, it, it ain't about that. That's not what this is. Yes. Quality over clout, baby. Quality hey. over clout. You already know the vibes. I'm um, here for the culture, baby. Fuck it's that. all about the culture. Literally, <laughs> right. like California culture is cannabis. Like straight up, cannabis is a culture, and a lot of people may not understand that. But I'm really happy that we had somebody on today that does understand that. Yes, yes. Loki, we are coming to the end of this episode. Do you want to do... Well, Already? Just, I know. Just because the episode ends doesn't mean fun. that our Zoom is over. <laughs> so we can wrap this up real quick and still kick it a little until our Zoom is done or until whenever you still got time for us. Um, okay, okay. Do you, do you want to shout out your IGs or yeah, any sure. future collabs? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple future collabs. We got the uh, Crenshaw and Slauson collab coming with. Oh. Um, and okay, American. okay. What? You said marathon. That's right here in Canoga. Fino hunting, hunting for them as we speak. Okay. Uh, been in talks with uh, with uh, Emory Jones and D'Angelo over at Monogram, Jay Z's company. So okay. mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm trying to definitely trying to trying to uh, pheno hunt something for them for the OG homie. Please. And um, we got a documentary, or actually, I don't know if it's gonna be a documentary or docu series. Um, okay. There's some coming down the pike about you know Ball Family Farms and my story and all of that. So that's oh, gonna awesome. be coming up. Just actually, shoot the sizzle in two weeks. Oh, so I'm excited. Prepared for that at the end of the year. That's gonna be fun. That'll okay. give you a inside look as to what's going on and how I did this shit. And um. Yeah, other than that, if you want to catch me on Instagram, it's at ChrisBall45. Uh, Ball Family Farms is uh, at Ball Family Farms. And if you're trying to grab some merch, if you're trying to see, you know, read up on people in the company or grab you some merch, go to our website, www.ballfamilyfarms.com. All right. Thank you, Chris. This was awesome. Um, yeah, great, great interview. I appreciate you so much. We appreciate you. Sorry. I know. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on and taking the time. And thank you to all the listeners that tuned in to this week's episode of Terp Talk. Make sure to follow us all on IG at Terp Queen with the underscore baby dabs and Terp Talk CA. And we'll talk Terps with you soon. Bye. Bye. Peace. Hey. Oh, my God. That face. Yo, you're super chill, though. Thanks so much for taking the time. This was I, awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. I want to sesh with you, even though you don't sesh. Fantastic fucking energy. So, oh, yeah, thank you. I've sat on these things and been like, damn, these people are fucking boring. But you <laughs> So thank you for being y'all and allowing me to be me. Yeah, no, yeah, no, and that's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. Really, honestly, we are who we are, and we want you to be who you are. All this fake bullshit, I don't have time for it because I can only be me, honey. It means so much to me. Thank you. So, so, no, thank you. I mean, the vibe, everything, just all of the information that you gave us, and just like, just to know you real. You know I'm what I'm saying? I'm real. Here. And you took the time. If y'all need something, you know, please, you know, feel free. If you need me for something else, p- please feel free to reach out, you know, to my team. When I when I come across, you know, people like yourselves that I know are authentic and true to the culture, like I'm here for whatever y'all need. So, we appreciate oh, thank that. Thank you. We're, for sure. It's just a one-time thing. Like, oh, you know, no, of we, course. We're always, um, I really want to have you come through to the station. We're based out in Woodland Hills, right off Topanga and so, Ventura. Okay. Um, so whenever you're ready to be around people, however you feel about that, we're all Rona free. Um, we take hella. Bring y'all a gift box. I'm gonna bring y'all a gift box of goodies up there. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Make sure you send, um, when y'all get done, send my, my publicist, send all your information, send where the, where the spot is, you know, um, uh, tell her, uh, put that on my schedule so I can come up there, send y'all sizes and all of that shit so I can bring you some merch and stuff and then I'm going to load up the boxes with a bunch of other shit. So. Oh, I appreciate Thank that. you, Chris. Let me ask you one question. This ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I just want to know. <laughs> what sign are you? I'm a you Capricorn. Do this. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. Okay, Don't I can kind of get that. You know about Capricorns? Uh, when's your birthday? December 27th. Oh, okay. My uh, my nephew is uh, January seventeenth, so I know y'all 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 be funny. Yeah, go y'all. You need to read like to crack it. jokes and all that yeah. kind of shit. Uh, yeah, I know, cause yeah, he act just like yeah. I can see it now when you say that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'll definitely get that done, man, and I'd love to come pull up. And, yeah, and, of course, and we do facility yeah. tours too. Oh, we have a awesome. whole um, we have a whole media team, so we do like facility tours and more like video yeah, content as well. Yeah, we'd love to well. see your grow and just like you know, absolutely, anytime y'all want. 
Do not say any time because I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, for real. Okay. Do not we play over with here me like, like that. Look, look at here. We got a new friend. What? I'm going to say it again. Anytime you want. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I, I follow you on IG. And I'm I'm going to. I mean, I follow I hope Ball I Family I get the Farms. follow back. There it is. Hold on. Let me go right now. You got to shoot me that follow back. And you then. The and it was Chris Ball 45. Yep. Chris Ball 45. How do I see where? How do I see when you? Okay, what's send me? What's your IG? Just let me go. Mine is Terp Queen with an underscore. You tagged me in a story. Well, I'm about to follow you. Okay. Oh no. What the? F- oh, I what didn't know f- who that was. Got the fedora on. Hey now, <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is that? Is that the right person? That was my, my stylist. Got me right for that. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. I don't think that's right. <laughs> well, should we do that too? <laughs> uh, where the fuck? Hold on. Why is my internet not working in down here? Hold on. I'm I mean, you'll see it when when it uh, comes up because it'll say somebody just followed you. And I'm I'm oh, okay. I'm already in your DMs. Okay, bet. Then I'll find you right there. So I'm gonna right, say let's set up a tour. I'm gonna just send you some fucking emojis then. There we go. Send me that so I can so I can get the follow back. Yeah. Hold on one second. Hold on. You y'all. you even like my picture. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> my sister being be there too. So That's why I'm like, hold up. Come here. You said you like so much shit while I'm on a show. <laughs> no, she want it. That had to. That was probably me. She don't. She don't go that far. She know better. She like, she like nothing because I don't know. Before. Right. She won't do that. There's there's uh, lots of rules to this. Right. <laughs> no. What what um how come I can't get internet right now? You also come on. <laughs> oh, cause they know I put them. Hey, on. hi. No, she's like, I mean, your DMs already. You like one of my pictures. I was like, oh, I said. Oh yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, see? That's what he said too. It's like uh, that was probably. Because <laughs> I had posted that picture. Okay, so it's during. I'm like, why? I'm like, gonna be liking liking. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like this shit on my I, shit. I, I, you know, she, you know, but I know why she did it now. Well, I no, was normally I don't like girls' pictures for a different reason. But right. This, right. <laughs> no, no, we all. Okay, yeah. like, yeah, right. Everything's off. Don't <laughs> worry. She's like, I'm not ready. <laughs> um, no, normally I don't like girls' pictures because I don't want anyone else getting in trouble. But. <clears throat> But I don't know what the fuck that means, but whatever. <laughs> He's like, what, is, a, what does that mean, Chris? Um, go to your, you just posted a picture up. You didn't know that you did, but you did. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, not, I'm not like Instagram. Well, well, we you're see. not Instagram savvy. You don't smoke. Who is Chris Ball? Right. Like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have a her a interview. just got follow back. It's hey! done. Done. <laughs> well, don't forget baby about baby. me. I'm baby dabs. <laughs> Yeah, but him, but I'll chug it too. I told him I, I, I went to pull up today, uh, today's spot in Woodland Hills and bring him like a box and that's stuff. That's so funny. I was going to text you and ask, are we bringing them stuff? So yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we oh, all, we're all on the same page. Okay, you see how that works? Okay. That was, that was easy. That was easy. That was real that's easy. Tough. Wait, what's your uh, Instagram, sweetheart? What, baby Dad. I'm Olivia, but um, Baby Dabs, BBY dot D A B B S. I just followed you. Did you okay? How do I go see who just followed? Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, Whoa. I'm gonna need you to um. I know. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit. You don't have to be a master at it. Just you know, know, at least know who's following you and all this other stuff. 
Do you know uh, how to use your DMs at least? I just texted. Oh, you just press follow? Follow you already. Oh man, we know. Mood. And you don't smoke. And you don't smoke. Well, what what are you doing over there? Uh huh. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with other weed strains and things. Okay, that's what I'm. Okay, okay, okay. You got other things going on in your mind. Ideas and shit. Oh my yeah. god, that's a whole vibe. I feel you. I feel you for sure. Putting my hair out trying to expand to Oklahoma. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Oklahoma's popping right now. Okay. Oh my god. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, that's I'll awesome. keep my fingers crossed for you on that. That's super dope, but. We uh we gonna be all right. We close escrow next week. We bought I bought uh, oh it's already done. Oh yeah, I bought seventy five acres. Wow. Okay. In the licensing process right as we speak, so I should know some here in the next like two weeks. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's super exciting. Dope. Thank you very much. That is super exciting. Right. Right. See that's that smile. See that big old smile. Yeah, we does that, huh? Okay. He said, we does that. I get my way when I want something. I'm like, come on, please. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, doesn't work. No. <laughs> she said, nah, it doesn't work. <laughs> Dope. Right, y'all. This was fun. Um, let's not be strangers. Yes, yeah, of for course. sure, for sure. We'll definitely collab, yeah. shoot. If y'all need me for something, please, again, reach out. Reach out. Um, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to say right now, just because this is who I am. I'm going to reach out. Okay. Let me get my stuff together. We'll I'm going to reach out. We do, like, we do content shoots weekly. I'm so, just... like, even if we use your merch, your products, whatever, like, we can shout you guys out. We do TikToks. Um, our TikTok just got, like, 22,000 hits. So we go. we do a little bit. I'm of talking everything. about on the Dewdrop Delight side, That's and, what on, I'm talking and about. on the Dewdrop Delight side too. And I got some, I got so much other shit cooking up. I got a CBD oral care brand I'm trying to make into well, uh, THC. There, there's a lot of talks to be had. <laughs> here for it all. Let's but Chris, thank it. you so much. This was awesome. It was really nice meeting you and just Being yeah. Able to thank vibe you out. so much. You we appreciate well. it. Awesome. Thank y'all. All right, you take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.